All right. Good evening, everyone. It's Dashian Miller, and we're here with this week's Kuden Radio Podcast. Anyway, I have a new setup here, so I'm going to try to avoid looking down a whole lot because, uh, again, I'm my own producer and I get host, I guess. Anyway, so sporting one of our older shirts, right? Old logo here. Um, anyway, so uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at seeing positive change and getting unstuck. As a matter of fact, um, a couple of years ago, I ran a free webinar that uh, was about getting unstuck, right? And it was the most popular free webinar I've ever done. And I don't mean like everybody gave me kudos and all that. I mean the number of people that signed up, sent in uh, questions and and statements like they could relate and things like that, right? Because the reality is, I mean, everybody gets stuck every once in a while, right? But how do we see positive change if we've been in that proverbial rut, right, for years, right? Months are bad enough, but years, right? That's what we're going to talk about during this episode of Kuden as soon as we get back. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, let's do it. Episode 51, 151, sorry, 151. All right, so we've got folks uh, dribbling in, right? So uh, anyway, we'll just jump into things. Um, this little character that's right here, right? It's not really a little character, right? This is like, uh, it's not the first uh, gift I ever received from my uh, Miko teacher, Reverend Jikai, um, but it's up there, right? Uh, the first one was actually a character off the mandala uh, known as Samantha Bahadra, right? Samantha Bahadra is the Mikyo student's first step on the esoteric path, right? So we're leaving behind just a general, you know, practice kind of thing. Make sure that I've got everything set up here. So, um, and that was quite the test. We'll have to talk about that sometime. But anyway, um so this character right here, his name is Jizo, right? Uh, as I finish my my home office here and get things all set up, uh, he's actually he has a prominent place over a butsudan that I have here. Um, the butsudan is actually dual purpose, right? So um, the first part of it, uh, it, it has all of my meditation supplies and, and things like that. But all the symbols that are on, I keep looking in that direction because that's where I'm going to be setting it up, right? It's flanked by um, bookshelves that are filled with, on one side, my martial stuff, on the other side, uh, Mikio, spiritual teachings, those kind of things. And then uh, these uh, Tendai mandala that I have up. So a lot of you that have been to the dojo have seen the mandala flanking the uh, the Kamiza, right? Those are from the Shingen, Shingon school, right? Um the school that I'm an initiated lay teacher in is the Tendai school. And for the most part, the Taizokai mandala is the same. But most people will notice that 
Like it's just all red, right? So uh, the Shingon Mandala is a deep blue uh, background. This one is a blood red background because of becoming enlightened in this life. Um, but they'll notice is the biggest part is the Kongokai Mandala. It's different. Instead of having the nine squares, it just has one, right? Um, but if you look really, really close, what you recognize is that it's the center square uh, in the Shingon uh, Kongokai, but expanded, right? It's just the differences in the way the two schools go through the mandala as a part of practice, right? So it's the 18 preparatory uh, stages. And then in one school, it's Taizokai Kongokai, and then Goma. Uh, in the other school, it's the other way, right? It's Kongokai Taizokai, and then Goma, right? It's just it's just a slight difference, right? You, you get the same knowledge, you get the same everything, right? So anyway, um, uh, so as, as a part of that part of the of the uh, Butsudan, right? Um, it Jizo, this is Jizo, Kisita Garba in uh, Sanskrit, right? Uh, Jizo represents discipline. Right. He's an aspect of compassion. Right. But he represents discipline. Okay, That's why he's dressed as a monk. Okay, Doing what needs to be done, doing the practice. Okay, The practice is all that matters. Okay, So uh, he's there for that. Again, above him on the wall is a, a mandala of the 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, which themselves are an esoteric path toward enlightenment and all that, right? But conventionally in Japan, they're used as a way to help um, parents, grandparents, friends, students, whatever, um, pass over and have a better chance of attaining enlightenment in uh, in future lives, right? Again, uh, you know, I, I'm more the scientist when I approach these things, not so much the animist or the uh, the spiritualist, right? Um, so I, I tend to focus it, focus on it as a as a developmental path, right? Um, so there's hard points of reference, and then there's what you're getting as you meet each of these benchmarks or milestones or whatever, right? Um, so, but on this other side, right? Um, on a on a lower shelf, I do have an urn with my father's ashes, my stepfather's ashes. Uh, I have uh, pictures and some other uh, relics or or uh, pieces from uh, students who have passed and, and those kind of things, right? Whether it was a gift or some kind of representation or a symbol of them. So it's also used, um, you know, as a way for me to honor uh, passing. But on the third side, between the two, it represents that these are all reminders that, you know, we're not here uh, long term. Right. We have a life. It has we have a finite life, um, whether we want to buy into it or not. Right. Whether we want to believe it or not. Right. Even if you believe in something afterwards or whatever. Right. This time around. Right. You get one chance. OK. So. Uh, again, there's lots of symbology, right? There's a scroll behind me. Even the, these, I mean, I don't know if you can see that one, but the, the Chinese artwork that I have up here, which was done by a, a Chinese artist, uh, I was actually at his shop. Um, he has his place in Toronto, actually. He immigrated to uh, Canada. And so 
both of these, let's see if I can shift this a little bit so you can see the other one. Cameras across the room this time, so sorry. Anyway, um, but I had a whole class uh, from him on the symbology, right, of bamboo and cranes and water and why you always want uh, in your pictures and paintings and things like that, water flowing toward you instead of away from you and whatever, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So um, my, uh, my, my office is both kind of a, uh, a safe haven. I, I would never uh, term it a man cave kind of thing, right? I think that, that that already sets up a dualistic conflict kind of thing, right? It's the man cave to get me away from the women thing or whatever. It's just a place where I can relax. I can breathe, right? So there's, uh, I have things in here that are hobby based, that are, uh, you know, interest based. I have, uh, one of my dreams was always to have a library where I'd have just shelves and shelves, uh, of books, right? Uh, on all kinds of different topics. And I'm, um, I'm getting pretty close. I mean, my wife and I have overspill in the living room, bedroom, all that kind of stuff, but I have a lot of things in here. Um, so I can both, relax i can both uh you know uh enjoy the things that i enjoy right but at the same time uh it's also set up for uh for my eco practice right so uh, obviously it's set up for this too so here we are but anyway jizo right here again he represents discipline so with that 13 buddhas and bodhisattvas um people have requested that i do a, pro, a, a course on that and there is one in the works for anybody that's interested in that that kind of thing, right? Um, but Jizo is, uh, I don't know, what is it, fourth, fifth on that, on that path, right? Because at a certain point, you're going to have to make a decision as to how, how involved you're going to get, right? How, how serious you're going to be, how, how important things are to make, to make this happen regardless, right? And at that point, right, you're going to have to be Jizo, right? You're going to have to be the disciplined, I mean, have the, the discipline of a monk where this is what you do, right? It's not who you are. It's not, well, it is part of who you are, but it's not a passing fad or whatever, right? And if we understand the path, right, it's about hardship, right? Challenges are what cause us to have to have to uh, dig in deep and do what, what's necessary, right? Um, unfortunately, and I've been there myself, but unfortunately, most people operate from a from a perspective of comfort, right? Even with their martial arts training. So what ends up happening is um, they do what they like. They gravitate toward their preferences. Even the even the choice of martial arts, right? Well, that's more like me or whatever, right? Okay, well, that means that the path is going to be easier for you because it's already a reflection of you, right, as you are now. But the challenges, and I think I spoke about this in the last episode, are what forces us to, uh, it forces us to learn new skills, develop more knowledge, right, um, gain the necessary training, wisdom, or whatever, so that we can be more successful uh, going down the line, right? So uh, again, uh, Jesus, you know, represents that that idea. But he, again, he, she, they're, they're gender neuter, but um, there's a, there are a representation of this idea of compassion, okay? 
which I think needs to be addressed before we go too far with this. I could I could do an entire series of episodes on compassion, right? Far too often, people, uh, students, they approach compassion from the perspective of empathy or sympathy. Okay, um, it's more like empathy on one side. But sympathy where, you know, you don't want to do anything to offend somebody. You don't want to do anything to make someone sad. You don't want to do anything to make someone uncomfortable. No, that's not compassion. Okay, Compassion is giving somebody what they need so that they can move forward. Right? What someone needs, what they want and what they're comfortable with are completely different things. Okay? So, you know, as an aspect of... We'll call it fatherly love, right? Um, it's not milk and cookies, right? No matter how bad things get, right? That's granny love, right? No matter how bad things get. Now, if it wasn't granny, then it was your aunt or whatever, right? But you can relate to this, right? No matter how bad things get, no matter how bad that grade is on that test or that homework or whatever you're bringing home, right? Grand, you know, and she may even scold you a little bit or whatever, but there's still milk and cookies at the end of the day, right? You know what happens when you bring that home to dad or Maybe it was mom for you or whatever, but that representation of that teaching you to be disciplined and responsible so that you can be successful in the world, right? Uh, my teacher used to call that tip of the boot love, right? You go to granny's house, you get milk and cookies. You show that to dad, it's a different conversation, right? So anyway, um, so – uh, I'm, I'm going to post a couple of things. There was there was way too much to, to cover between Nikyo stuff and this other stuff I've been um, diving into just, just to see how uh, other disciplines or whatever approach things. And I don't mean martial arts disciplines, right? Um, so I've got a couple of uh, video clips from uh, speeches by like Jordan Peterson and other people. Uh, he's a clinical psychologist uh, from Canada, for those of you who don't know. Um, and, and, but, but it's about change, right? So, um, I'll be posting those to the Kuden podcast and, uh, probably in the community, uh, section on YouTube. Um, so everybody would have access to it, but either way, right? Um, what I really want to take a look at is, is the, um, the, the stuck part, right? And often this is related to motivation, right? You know, I just don't feel it today. I don't feel motivated. Who gives a shit? That's me speaking, right? Who cares, right? Um, way too many people lead off with feelings, and that's why they can't get anywhere because they're waiting for motivation. They're waiting to feel like it. They're waiting to be, I don't know, moved by the spirits, right? Whatever, okay? Um, maybe, <laughs> right? So, um, but, well, I'll share a story here in just a minute uh, about somebody that I was trying to help. And um, uh, it, anyway, so on, on one side, I've got a kind of a, a 
central thing, right? A central thing. Um, this is highlighted. Um, it's, it's actually a secondary kind of thing, but most people jumped on this thing, right? If you've been through the Ninja Motivation and Influence program, right, NMI, um, the program was put together to help you um, with one of the, the gates in the, in the Ninja's Eight Gates, right? How to influence other people, how to influence their actions, their thoughts, their decision-making, those kind of things, right? Now, can the Ninja do it in a way that will harm somebody? Yeah, of course. Any of this stuff can be can be used for the wrong reasons, right? Um, which is why my teachers always made sure that we understood. One, if you if you know this stuff inside and out, there's nobody and nothing that you can't have, right? So what keeps you honest? Seishin Teki, a very, very clear moral and ethical base, right? That and and you know as to why you're going to use it and when you're going to use it. So uh, let me just, sorry, I, I, just, I keep forgetting that I'm my own uh, my own um, producer here. Just want to make sure the chat is up. Okay, good. All right. So anyway. Um, so when I designed it, right, it was to help people influence others. You know, you got friends who are stuck. You got friends who, you know, know they need to do whatever, right? But they just can't seem to make that leap, right? So here's a way to structure your conversations so that, you know, because of resistance and all kinds of things, right? So if we understand these basic psychological principles and what's stalling them, then we can approach it in a way that circumvents these things. It doesn't cause them to fire, whatever, right? What was interesting is that over 70% of the people that have ever enrolled in that program enrolled to use the program and the lessons on themselves. That was, that was quite interesting. So um, at some point, I might have to like reverse engineer the program so that it's specifically tied to that because there are a couple of core pieces that that not that they're missing but they could have been done better if I was focused on internal work instead of external work right but either way right so there's this idea of of uh, influence and getting unstuck right but then um, what I have, I've got a, a list of 10 things, right? And this is part of the discipline, right? This is part of the Jizo thing, right? Things that you have to give up to move forward. Because here's the thing. Everybody keeps trying to do either. They keep trying to will themselves to do the things they need to do to move forward. But if the baggage, if the habit patterns are so damn strong that you can't go more than a couple of hours, a couple of days at most, right, before you fall off the wagon, you're not going to get very far, okay? So there's things that we have to take care of that are actually behind that, okay? Again, everybody's trying to will themselves to do the things, the step-by-step on the goal attainment or... Um, you know, they're trying to motivate themselves or they're trying to, I mean, again, if, if they can get themselves off the damn couch, right. Um, or stop scrolling, right. 
Um, but we're going to talk about 10 things that we need to give up. Okay. On the mandala, one of the realms necessary for enlightenment and enlightened action is sacrifice. And nobody likes sacrifice, right? I have to give up something that is enjoyable. I have to give, well, maybe it's not enjoyable, right? Maybe it's a crutch. Okay. So we'll take a look at these things and, um, uh, I'll leave you to your own device. No, I'll answer whatever questions might pop up, but, uh, we'll see where we're going to go from there. Okay. So first, a story, right? Um, I had this student who was, uh, that really trying to make some life changes. And this, this student was successful by anybody's standards, right? Um, on the on the six realms that uh, you'd see in the uh, Tibetan Wheel of Life or that we talk about very often, right? This was a kind of a an old school attempt at uh, outlining personality types. Okay, so in in modern psychology, there's sixteen or more, right, with subsets and things like that. You can take these little tests and get these little letters in whatever order and. Supposed to tell you what you're all about and whatever. It's not like astrology, but um, what they do is highlight weaknesses and tendencies and things like that. With this one, there's only six. Okay, there's only six. Sorry, I don't have six fingers on one hand. Anyway, there's there's six, right? And one of these realms, right? It's known as the jealous god realm. Okay, it's these beings in a state. Where, for all intents and purposes, right, anybody looking at them would think, man, you got a lot. You got, you got some serious stuff going on, right? You own your own home. You have multiple cars. You're a, you know, multiple, uh, PhD, doctorate, whatever. Uh, you're, you know, whatever, right? You, you've got all this stuff kind of handled. Okay. But people in the jealous God realm are missing one or two things happen, right? They're missing that one thing, right? So if, if they're, if their sights are in the wrong direction, what they're doing is they're looking at everybody else, especially people that they perceive to be higher than them, right? Whether it's rank or ability or money or whatever, right? And so these folks are in a perpetual state of suffering because no matter how much they have, right, they take that for granted, right? They still have this feeling of being incomplete, right? Having not made it, whatever, however they would describe that. And so what they're always doing is chasing that next thing. And see, here's where the loop comes in. They get that next thing and that feeling doesn't go away, right? They still feel stuck. They still feel like they're lacking. Their life hasn't changed right in the way that they thought it would if i got this thing then like my life would be complete right or whatever okay unfortunately human life as a human being doesn't work that way right sorry to be the bearer of bad news but it doesn't right so um so on one side that's going on on the other side because something like that is going on right they have to keep facing this issue where they just keep pound, they keep bouncing off the wall, right? 
and that throws them down in this cycle into this, you know, hell realm and whatever. And again, not like this hell, you know, uh, although the symbology is very, very similar, but it's not like you, you're going to die and go to hell, right? We make our own. Okay. So then there's this constant banging around and trying to figure things out. But what they tend to do is they tend to do the same thing they always do. They just do it faster and harder. And that doesn't make things right. It makes it wrong or uh, dis, uh, disconcerting or it causes more suffering and discontent harder and faster to a greater degree. Right. Um, I always tell students in class if they're fighting through a technique, right, doing something wrong harder and faster doesn't make it right. Makes it wrong harder and faster. Right. Um, so, but they've got, but what the, what's, what the problem is that they, they can't see what they need, right? Um, they can't stop and look at what they already have and see how many people like are already envious of what they have, right? Because it's not about possessions. It's about that feeling, right? And because they want something like this enduring happiness, they want this utopia, Right. What ends up happening is I've got a friend, really, 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 really close friend who got himself into some serious, serious shit because in his relationships, when everything is great, then it's all unicorn farts and rainbow tears and whatever. It's all good. It's fantastic. Right. But as soon as, you know, they're arguing or things are more day-to-day, right? He's not being showered with affection and adoration and things like that, right? He strays, right? I've threatened to break his legs more than once, okay? Um, And it's just his routine. Well, most recently, he (laughs) screwed around the wrong direction. And now the suffering is going to be much more long-term and much more hard. It's going to be harder to hide from. Okay, or to convince yourself that it's everything's okay, right? So, but anyway, let's get back to this one. Uh, the, well, the student, right? So, um, what when they came to me for coaching, right? On this side, right? They're also one of my martial arts students. When they came to me, um, I started giving them, you know, simple exercises, right? Do this thing. And a day or three would go by and I would say, have you done this thing? Yes. How often? Um, once, but you know, everything's getting away and it was kind of simple and like, you know, it, it, um, I, I, I got that. Anything change? No, not really. Okay. So do you think I gave you something just to do it for the sake of doing it? Or I gave it to you to do some, do so that you could ferret out some problems. The exercises that I gave them, one is a simple mind calming kind of thing, because if you don't have control of your mind, then you can't do any of the other meditative exercises like uh, insight based or observation or whatever, where you're getting in there in the subconscious and ferreting out habit patterns and what uh, is translated into English out of uh, Sanskrit that, that means um, smelly seeds or stinking seeds. Right. These are these are karmic proclivities, I know it's a big word, sorry, that are just lying dormant waiting for the conditions to be right for them to just like bloom, right? And next thing you know, 
you're in a world of hurt. Okay. Something that you thought you long since forgot about, overlooked, escaped from, whatever. Next thing you know, life's punching you in the face. Right. So, uh, but what ends up happening is I give them this exercise and they might do it once for a couple of minutes or uh, several times, right? Well, you know, I, I set up a place to meditate. I set up a place to, to, to focus. Um, but like, you know, I started writing and then, and then this stuff over here had to be done and, um, or whatever, or it just seemed like it was just such a daunting task, right? I didn't even know where to start. All kinds of things, right? And so what ends up happening is the exercise sits there. Okay. I've got other students that, you know, I, I don't know for sure because I don't live with them, but they've enrolled in a program, martial arts program, life purpose, whatever, right? And they get it and they feel really, really great, right? When they enroll for it or they register it or they buy it or whatever, right? And then I'm betting that well over 80% of them, um, it ends up sitting on their hard drive collecting cyber dust or they started it flew through it like it was a homework assignment to get done, right? And then haven't looked at it since. But they're still having the same issues. They're still having the same uh, same problems, right? So, but it's not going to change anything, right? Um, Dr. Peterson has this one story uh, about a client that he had uh, who uh, just was so stuck. He just didn't know what to do. And so Dr. Peterson said, well, what's your room look like? Okay. Well, it's a mess, man. I haven't cleaned my room. And okay. Well, how about starting there? Right. Just clean your room. Okay. If you can clean your room, then that should show you that you can take action on things that need to get done. And then we can take a look at the next step. Right. So, Instead of feeling stuck about everything and not being able to move, what he did was he said, let's just make this a smaller thing. You're about to hear my dog. Right? <laughs> so just we'll, we'll just make it a small task. Right. Just clean your room. Okay. So as he tells the story, um, you know, next meeting. Right. Um, how's your room? Oh, it's just so messy. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you know, it's just so what Dr. Peterson says is, okay, well, how about just start by vacuuming the carpet, right? I mean, if you got all that crap in there, there can't be that much carpet showing. Just vacuum, just vacuum what you can see, right? Chances are you'll start vacuuming and then you'll move stuff out of the way so you can, you know, just vacuum a little bit more or whatever, right? Oh, that's a good idea, right? So what he just did was, Make the task smaller, right? Instead of focusing on everything that needs to be done, okay? I once had somebody that was working with me um, to grow the school, and so we, we divided up responsibilities, right? And th what they were going to do was uh, take care of, like, um, uh, upkeep and, and, like, maintenance, fix some things that, that uh, you know, in the dojo that needed repair and all that, right? So... We kept having meeting after meeting and after meeting and, and nothing's happening. 
And he said, well, like I said, well, just prioritize and we'll just start with the things that are the most important and move, you know, to, to smaller niceties after that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I, I said, where are we stuck? Because I, I try to depersonalize so ego doesn't get punched in the face, right? So where are we stuck? Well, everything's important, so I don't know where to start. And I said, if that's really true, that everything is equally important, then pick something. You'll know very quickly after that decision whether or not something else has to get done before you can finish this one, right? But if it's really true that everything is equally important, then it doesn't matter where you start. Pick something, right? So anyway, back to George, back to Dr. Peterson's uh, client, right? So just vacuum the carpet, right? So next meeting, how'd it go? I just... I don't know. Every time I go for the carpet, I get this like overwhelming kind of anxiety that it just, I don't know. It just, it just seems so daunting. Like, you know, I've just let things go for so long that, you know, the reality is, you know, is he, is he averse to doing any work? I mean, is he flat out lazy? Right. Or is there really a sticking point? Because if there's a sticking point and it's a what's really necessary is I have to build a new habit pattern, right? Commitment and things like that at some point will make somebody move forward, right? They'll do that minimum necessary task, right? But nothing fixes lazy, right? So you can dream all you want, but Right. If someone's not their aversion is to work, not to whatever. Now, my 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 Mikio teacher, one of the first lessons he told me is that most people's problems. Um, well, one of the lessons he taught me was what most people's problems come because they can't sit alone, naked in an empty room and do absolutely nothing. Right. Ego has to be entertained. But when it comes to producing results and, and success and things like that. Most people want to rely on baby magic, right? They want to make that wish over that birthday cake, blow out the candles, and, you know, fairy god, ninja, whatever, comes along and sprinkles pixie dust, and ta-da, right? Shit happens. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, right? Everything's based on the law of karma, cause and effect. So anyway, back to Dr. Peterson's student, right? So has another meaning. Can't even, you know, whatever. So Dr. Peterson says, okay, um, how about if you just move the vacuum cleaner to the doorway of your door? That way it's in the way, right? And you're, you know, you have to vacuum your floor to put it away, to get it out of your way, right? But you're going to put it there. So it's a constant reminder. It's kind of like the idea with, I don't think I have any in this office set up just yet. Um, the little Daruma dolls that um, I bring back from Japan where you, you set a goal, you paint in one eye, and then you put it someplace where it's going to stare at you, right? Reminding you that the goal is not completed. And then when you complete the goal, then you paint in the other eye and you put it someplace where it's looking at you. 
as a reminder of your personal power, right? Your ability to produce results and get something done. Anyway, so just put it, you know, put it there. And then, you know, sooner or later, right, you're going to want to move it, right? Because it's going to be in the way, right? And so um, I think the way he tells the story is weeks went by, and then finally they had another meeting, and he comes in, and um, he says, you know, how'd that, how'd that work? And the guy says, well, I just I just stepped over it. I got used to it being there, so I just stepped over it. Um, and it's still there, right? I just, I just got used to it being there. So I just, I just step over it. Okay. And I, I don't know if it was something after it, something in my, in my memory, um, points to something like him changing and saying, you know, just rearrange your sock drawer or something like that. Right. But either way, um, the, the idea with this is to reduce the tasks smaller and smaller and smaller until action is taken because for for a lot of folks i mean if if a habit has gone for so long or the trouble right um the the room right all the shit kept building up in the room and the dirt and the cobwebs and dead bugs and you know whatever right it's just a daunting kind of thing whatever your room is right whatever the equivalent is if this is even you I mean, you might be listening to this so you can share it with other people because you already have your stuff together and you're looking for another way to explain it. Okay. Um, but if it is, right, again, I get it, right, that that dauntingness, right? When I first got involved with my martial teachers, even even my military mentors before I, I got involved in this martial art, right, the amount of baggage and 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 damage that was done growing up um, by others, right? That just seriously undermined um, my self-esteem and, and those kind of things. As a matter of fact, um, I think I put it. We're, we're we're sorting out everything in the house as we move back in. Um, I found a black and white, a white and black and white, black and white family portrait that was taken. God, I must have been six years old, seven at most. Um, let's see, my that was just born. Yeah, five, six, something like that, right? And so, you know, my stepdad and mom are sitting on the on the, the sofa, the couch, and my sisters are flanking them. My mom's holding my brother, and I'm standing next to the couch, my hands on the thing right there, right? And, um, you know, it's one of those reminders that mm, there were intermittent happy times. Um, but I think and, and I haven't seen this portrait in, in a long time. I, I got a bunch of these things when uh, when my stepdad passed away and they've been in a box and then we had the fire and stuff's been in storage for two years. Um, but I pulled this and, you know, I remembered the moment and I looked at this younger me. And that it was it was the first time that I looked at that and did not have to change something in my head to convince myself of something. I was able to look at that little boy and say, man, I was a cute kid. I was a really good looking kid. Right. And I've seen my my graduation pictures and all that. Uh, But during those times, that wasn't the image. Right. 
So there was a lot to be overcome. There, I mean, it, when my teacher said work on this or work on this or my mentor said, you know, stop walking around like a like you're wearing a, a wrinkled duffel bag, right? Dress like you've, you know, uh, you have purpose and, and uh, you, you know, have pride in yourself and those kind of things, right? Um, that I had no idea what that was supposed to look like. Even though there were people walking around, I had no idea how to go from where I was to what they look like. Even though people showed me how to iron my clothes and starch things and, and all that kind of stuff, right? And slowly I got better and better and better. But wow, talk about a daunting task. So I get daunting. I absolutely get daunting, right? But the idea with this side of the exercise, right, is to, um, I found, right, is to make the task a task, a piece of the puzzle. Pick one, right? Um, and then keep, you know, decide you're going to do something. And if you're not getting any forward motion, then what what piece of that can you do? If you're still not getting forward motion, what piece of that can you do? In the, in the uh, Ninja Motivation and Influence Program, when part of the script, and there, there's a whole script, right? And there's a way to formulate it and all that kind of stuff so that you can literally, you know, right? you're helping people and you're influencing their actions and things like that. But if you do it right, they don't know that you're doing it. Okay, If they know that you're doing it, um, it doesn't work so well, especially in the beginning, right? When you get really, really good at it and you understand how how you're actually influencing, not the conscious mind, but subconscious triggers and, and things like that, right? Um, then you'll be in the position that a lot of my students were in. Uh, I remember when uh, Shiroshi uh, Paul was still alive. Uh, we train and it was, you know, I, I'd be doing it, uh, you know, with techniques and things and, and trigger him to attack um, even when he didn't want to, right? And from the ground, he would be laughing and everybody else would be looking at him like, what are you talking about? He goes, I know exactly what you're doing but I can't stop you from doing it because of how and when you're doing it, right? My left brain knows what you're doing, but the way you do it, my right brain and the reptilian, I just, I, I can't not do the thing that you want. It's right. So he used to laugh it off. Right. So anyway, um, but you make it, uh, what you do is you, you, Suggest these things, right? And again, the suggestions can't be in a way where you're, it feels like you're telling the person what to do, or it can't be where you're reminding them of how bad the problem is and how much they really have to. Okay. Now, that's how the program is outlined. If we're working ourselves, the way that script would be is stop beating yourself up for not doing the things. Because you're just triggering more resistance, right? Um, all these things, right? Just so, so you have to understand that that there's defense mechanisms popping up, right? So one way to approach things is, well, why not just look up the gym or the doctor or whatever, right? The, the dojo, the academy, phone number. And set it by your phone or 
you know, put it in your, in your uh, contact list. So when you're ready to take action, it's right there. You, you will have saved yourself a whole bunch of work. You won't have to go looking for it. Okay. 99.8% of people are willing to do that. And see, here's the cool thing. Once it's in your contact book, right, or your list of contacts or whatever, you're more likely to remember because you took action. And there's this whole idea of, of consistency and whatever, right? What most people are running into when it comes to getting stuck is they have this, this, um, uh, it's not bias. It's, um, there's a disconnect, right? The, the phrase is escaping me at the moment, right? But there's a disconnect between what they believe and what they want and what they're doing. And the way to resolve the conflict, the way to, dis, the, to the way the ego resolves the problem is only one of two ways. You act on the thing so that you're now acting congruently with the thoughts or with the wants or the needs or whatever, right? So that the, so that the discomfort goes away or you tell yourself that you don't want that anymore or that there'll be a better day um, or a better time or I can do it next year or whatever, right? Um, when you do that, right, what ends up happening is now you can continue to do what you've done, always done, but you relieve the pressure. Either way, what you're doing is you're relieving the conflict, right? So um, if uh, cognitive dissonance is what it's called, right? Cognitive dissonance, right? So there's there's two things that are at odds with each other, what we say we want or the dream or the goal or whatever, and the actions we're taking. taking. And there's only two ways to resolve the conflict that occurs because of that cognitive dissonance. Right. And it's either to take action on it, which means you're working on it. So that relieves the pressure. Now, these two things are not at odds. They're congruent. Right. There's integrity going on. Right. They're both heading in the same direction. Or, like I said, habit patterns. We're doing these things. So what we do is we tell ourselves whatever we want over here. I don't like that anymore. I don't want that anymore. It's not important to me anymore. Um, I'll start next week. I'll start next year, whatever, right? And as soon as we do that, that's why people, they've determined that's why people procrastinate, why they put things off. It relieves cognitive dissonance, okay? I have people that have always say every year, going to Japan, going to Japan, going to Japan, right? The next year comes, or I'm going next year. I'm going next year. I can't make it this year. I'm going to make it next year. Next year comes around. The dates were posted way ahead, right? Ah. Uh, yeah, it's too much. Can't make it this year. Definitely going next year. Right. And it just becomes a loop. Right. And it's not that they don't mean it in the moment. They do. They do mean it. But what they're doing, they're engaged in something that relieves the pressure. Right. By pushing it out to tomorrow, to next week, to next month, to next year, I don't have to think about it. Right. And then, you know, you got breathing space but it's, it's not just japan it's it's all these things right so the one side for positive change or to, to get unstuck right is to keep reducing the size of the task 
right? And don't think that you're dumbing it down. It's not about dumbing it down. It's what's the smallest goal that you can set for yourself that's a part of the bigger picture that will get you moving, okay? Once you get moving, it's it's kind of like uh, uh, for a lot of people, and I know I'm this way as well. Now, we have a dishwasher and all that, but every once in a while, dishes need to be, you know, clean. There's pots and pans, whatever, right? Um, that maybe there wasn't room in the dishwasher for the, you know, for, uh, the last load, but there's a couple extra pots and stuff, and they're sitting in the sink, and they're, uh, we normally, you know, put some detergent in with some water and let it soak, that kind of thing, right? Um, and they're still there, right? I mean, not for us now, but I mean, you know, I come by, they're still there, and I just decide, you know what, they're not going to wash themselves, right? I'm not upset about it, not happy about it. It's not like I enjoy washing dishes or whatever, but I've got I got a few extra minutes, right? Let me just take care of these. So I just start. And next thing you know, whistling while I'm working, taking care of that. I've now cleaned off the counters. I've cleaned out the microwave. I've, right, and just kind of grows from there, okay? But again, what was that minimum thing? I'm just going to clean out the, I'm just going to, you know, take care of that frying pan. That way it's, it's off the list. And then next thing I know, I've, you know, emptied the uh, dishwasher. I've refilled it, I, you know, whatever, right? So again, again, that's me, but this is typically how neuroscientists realize that, that things fire and things work, right? Do the smallest piece. Hey, Bobby Murphy's on. Some great info you put out today. Thanks, Mr. Miller. Oh, obviously, or not obviously. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. Um, anyway, so, um, let's, let's do this. Let's jump over to this list of 10 things that I have, right? So 10 things. Uh, you must give up to move forward, okay? And in no particular order, no particular order, right? Because often the getting unstuck, we can try all these things to produce forward movement, but often what ends up happening is, um, now, Mr. Murphy there, been in the Navy, I think he's in the Air Force now, been in the Navy, um, so I'm going to use an analogy here. I was in the Army, but uh, a couple of my vets were Navy uh, my son was Navy, right? So I'm going to use a Navy analogy, okay? No matter how much you want to go, no matter how much you want to leave port, no matter how much you want to get underway, no matter how much you turn up the frickin' engines, right? If you don't weigh anchor, if you don't, right, pull the anchor in, if you don't, un, you know, have have the, 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 the ropes undone, right, that have you lashed to the pier, Right? Well, maybe some of the bigger boats can rip the pier out or whatever, but you get the idea, right? Um, you're not going anywhere, okay? So if we find that the things over on part one for getting unstuck aren't working, then maybe there's one or more of these things that I'm going to cover that may be getting in the way, okay? Maybe. Again, this is all... Right. This is all lessons that I received, work that I've done, truths that I've discovered for me. Okay. If any of this helps, fantastic. Okay. Um, but and, and it's not that all these all ten are going on for you. It might just be one. It might be three, five, whatever. Right. But if we can work on eliminating those things, it's like 
undoing the ropes, mooring the ship. It's like, you know, pulling up the anchor. It's like, you know, whatever. Next thing you know, you can get underway. Okay. All right. So number one, okay. Letting the opinions of others control your life. We need to get rid of this, right? It's not what others think, right? I mean, it's your life, okay? Um, it's, it's not what others think. It's what you think about yourself that counts. And I know a lot of these things are going to sound like cliches. And I also know that a lot of folks, uh, my ex-wife for one, right? Um, and it, I'm not knocking her. Everybody gets, you know, they, they, they're living their own lives. But she was raised in a family where if you did not comply, specifically with mom's rules, right, um, there was some heavy punishment. And it, she was never beaten physically, right? But mom pulled some pretty shady shit, okay? One of which was, since you can't listen, I'm just going to pack up and leave. Now, her and her sisters are really, really close together. So at four, five, and six, or five, six, and seven, whatever, right? Now, they laugh about it today, but you can see where those stings are still there. Those, those tethers are still there because everybody's acting in a way to – they're trying to be more successful and all that, but there's always one eye on mother's approval. So, um, and that can really pull out things. But my point with that is part of what can get in the way here, right, is that I know it's, you know, it's not what others think. It's what you think about yourself that counts. But often, very often, people don't know what to think about themselves because they were told what they were supposed to be, how they were supposed to think, what they were supposed to say how they were supposed to act, all those kind of things, right? Um, I was just joking with uh, one of the guys uh, that was helping with moving into the house and all that yesterday. And I don't know if, uh, I mean, uh, Rob Murphy was was in helping as well, but um, I can't remember if it was with, uh, at Rob or, or Stan, Stan's retired Navy, um, but we were laughing about this very thing. We were talking about something else that was family-related, and I said, yeah, just like the army told us, right? If we wanted you to have an opinion, we'd have given you one, right? Um, and while most families, most best friends, most influencers, uh, you know, users, abusers, whatever, wouldn't say it exactly that way because they need plausible deniability, right? They've set things up that way, right? And then people are afraid to move or they don't even know where to start. Right. They end up starting from a from the, a place that's not even authentic for them because they've been convinced that they're this. But their true nature is way over here right? on the mandala. It's called an exit. Right. It doesn't mean you're leaving the mandala. It means that you're supposed to start where you are. And if you're clear about that, then you'll be in the ballpark. Right. And then you all these things connect and you can branch out from there and growth occurs. Right. But if you've been convinced that you're one thing, but your true nature that you keep denying and keeping at bay and 
keeping it chained up in a cage in the you know back of your heart or whatever is way over on the other side of the mandala you can't make any you can't make any progress because all the stuff that you're working on doesn't it, it's not related to you right all that stuff's over here so it's very very different right um the trick is you have to do exactly what's best for you and your life, not what's best for everyone else. No one's living your life. Okay? What most people don't get when they're asking other people for, other people for advice. Right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Trekkie geek. Uh, do I have anything on my desk? No, it's all, it's all over on a, on a shelf. Um, like the original Star Trek and all that. So, you know, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. And I know it's a geeky side of me. Um, but there was this one episode where Captain Kirk asked Spock and McCoy for some advice about something that was going on. And at the end, he kind of just does his own thing, right? And as the episode was winding up, one of them said, I failed to see, maybe it was Spock, right? I failed to see the logic of asking for advice, but not, not taking it, right? And he said, that's the great thing about command. You can ask for all the advice in the world, but you don't have to take any of it. Okay? Now, remove command from him being a captain of a starship and move that to command of your own life. And that's true. You can ask for advice. There's lots of people that want to offer advice freely, right? But everybody's running around with this weird definition of advice. Like if they gave advice or you ask for advice, that you're supposed to take it. They'll get upset if they gave advice and you don't do what they say, whatever, right? Um, again, I'm looking for an advisor to give me other options or whatever that I may not have thought of, so I have plenty to consider, right? And then I can start taking action. I'm not obligated to take any of it, okay? And here's the other thing. Those advisors, those people that are throwing out advice, they don't, the cause and effect will never touch them other than maybe you being angry at them for giving you advice that you took and it didn't work. But that's a problem too because you took it. You took action on it. So at that point, it's not them anymore, right? But the karma is not going to bite them in the ass if it doesn't work out, right? So... It's on you. Okay. Um, number two, right? We need to give up the shame of past failures. Okay. Um, the number of people that keep telling me, I've tried that. It didn't work. Oh, how old were you? You smarter now than you were then? Okay. Are you wiser? Have you had more experiences? Okay. What do you know now that you didn't know then? Okay. What went a miss that caused the whole thing to fail. Where were their problems? Well, I didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough money. Okay. So want to just revamp the plan, give yourself more time, recognize how much money you need instead of just diving in, whatever. Instead of just starting it from scratch or just writing it off like that doesn't work. Well, I tried that martial art. It doesn't work. Okay? That's like the people that – like I've. I've got, you know, these new videos that are coming out and whatnot. And um, within 24 hours, I'm getting, you know, 1,600, 2,400. Um, one of them, 
has been up for what 48 hours, not even 48 hours, and I have almost 6,500 views and stuff like that, right? And you get some. It's inevitable, right? Some Yahoo jumps on and goes, "Uh, this shit wouldn't work," or or you know, uh, more bullshito and whatever, right? Which is really funny considering the fact that some of the stuff that I'm demonstrating, I've actually used against really bad guy, or really bad people as a cop. So okay, but the, I'm not going to get into a pissing contest with them. Have you tried it? No, it wouldn't work. How do you know? Right? What do you have? Uh, a college roommate's second cousin's brother's whatever who was attacked exactly that way and tried it and got his ass kicked. Was he trained? Right? Did he see it coming? Right? Did he even know this option? Right? So, again, I don't argue with these people because all I have to do is look up and go, oh, you have one person subscribed to you. It's probably your mom, right? Or your wife or your best friend or whatever, right? Oh, let me click over and see what kind of really cool stuff you're showing to help the world, right? Click. This channel has no content. It's just a damn troll. Okay. Not you, right? Anyway. So um, the truth is that your past doesn't equal your future. Now it might, okay? Because our present is the sum result of all knowledge, actions, decisions, whatever, up to this point. It's karma, right? The future will be the same if we don't make changes. But if you make changes, change one thing, it's going to be different, right? The very fact that you listen to this kuden, you're not the same person you were before you started listening, right? Every encounter, right? In, in the Bujinkan, we have this, this opening and closing for class, right? Right? And then there's this single clap, uh, two claps with vow, come up, one clap, whatever. It's a Shinto uh, kind of thing, right? And there's a lot of different ways to translate it. But the one that I was given way back in the day is very Mikyo-like, right? So everything, every experience has the potential of being just that thing, capital T-H-A-T, that thing that you need to take you to the enlightenment or the success or whatever that you seek, right? So um, it's not about what happened in the past, right? The past is, is a memory. The future is a dream, right? All that matters is what we're going to do right now. Okay, and again, that we now default back over to smallest action. Okay, smallest action. Right? So um, another thing that we need to give up to move forward, being indecisive about what you want. Right. Um, I remember hearing this the first time with um, one of my, my one of my leaders in the army, and we were talking about like personal discipline, you know, self discipline. And we we're talking about uh, goals and things like that. And a lot of us were just being really, really vague. And he said, well, write it down. I don't know what to write. And he just looked at us and he said, if you can't write it down, if you can't describe it on paper, how the hell are you going to recognize it when it pops up in the world? And again, all this goes to living intentionally rather than accidentally. Right? So um, you will never leave where you are until you decide 
where you would rather be. And again, we have to be careful, right? Because comfort, right, is the poison to success. Because as long as those other things are just, well, that'd be nice, but it's not an imperative. It's not something you'd rather be doing. You know, God, if I had my wherewithal, right, if I could wave a magic wand, my life would be like, you don't have a magic wand, but you do have actions, right? Make a decision to figure out what you want and then pursue it passionately, okay? That's not lustfully, okay, Rob? (laughs) I had to get that little stick in because Rob always twists things. Anyway, all right, number four of the things that you must give up to move forward. Procrastinating on the goals that matter to you. Okay. Um, in the uh, in our um, Mikio uh, practice, right? Um, in the uh, the Sanju Shichi Dobon, here's another program that people want me to do. So 37 elements leading to enlightenment, right? Um, this actually is an expansion on what's known as the Noble Eightfold Path, and one of the Noble Eightfold Path is right effort. Okay. So just conventionally, right, what you're doing is you are, um, you, you recognize that you have a finite amount of energy and resources and things like that, right? And so you're going to spend it on the things that you say you want, right, that you really want. That gets paid first, right? That gets, it gets spent on that first. And then... The things that would, you know, that'd be nice or whatever, right? If, if I have enough left, I'll do that, right? But in, in Mikyo, the premise isn't to just go along and do things when you can or whatever, right? Um, it's to concentrate all your effort, energy, thoughts, and everything. Put all your eggs in one basket and get it handled as quickly as possible so then you have the rest of your life to enjoy things with less suffering, less discontent, living the way you want, that kind of thing, right? Um, It's kind of like what we tell our kids, right? If you stop skating your chores and or your homework, right, and just freaking get it done, right? You do a little bit. You go off and do something else. I catch you doing that. You go back and now you're resentful or whatever, and you do a little bit more, and then you're hoping that you can do the minimum necessary to skate by, but then you go sneaking off and then I say that's not good enough and you come back and you're upset at me even more, but you do a little bit more and then you go off and you get, right? It takes all freaking night long or eats into your Saturday or whatever, right? I promise you that the chores I gave you don't take more than 20 to 30 minutes total. Your homework, right? What? 30 minutes, to 30 to 60 minutes. Get it done. Now there's no stress, no, no being chased after no lectures no anything it's done it's out of the way do whatever the hell you want that's the same idea that's the whole idea behind mikyo and how how you're orchestrating things right put all your eggs in one basket get it handled done right uh let's see so there are two primary choices in life to accept conditions as they exist or Accept responsibility for changing them. Okay? The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Okay? That's something one of my coaches, uh, one of my uh, mentors uses all the time. Right? 
second or the, the best time, right, to invest in Apple or whatever these companies are, right? 20 years ago, 30 years ago, second best time. Now, they're not going anywhere, right? Um, number five on the things that you must give up to move forward, choosing to do nothing, right? You don't get to choose how you're going to die or when. You can only decide how you're going to live right now. Every day is a new chance to choose, right? And that, you know, that's that, that's something I I figured out a long time ago, right? When we were born, unless you're special or alien or something, <laughs> um, I used to think that, or I, maybe it was, I, maybe it was just hoping, right? That things were better and I was really an alien because this human thing really sucked. But anyway, um, realizing that when I was born, a guarantee or a warranty for how long I was going to live didn't come out afterwards, right? There was also no manual for how this machine worked and all that kind of stuff, which is part of training, right? You figure out new stuff about you that you didn't even know every day, every training session, unless you keep doing the same shit over and over again, right? And I'm not a big fan of hamsters and wheels. <coughs> so um, you – uh, you weren't, weren't born with a guarantee, right? The reality is, as strong as we can be, human life can be pretty freaking fragile. I've, I've had friends, uh, had a student who was doing really, really well. Um, they, they were like lifting themselves up. He was young. He was like 20, 21 at the time, right? Had just landed a great sales job, and he was a natural-born salesman. And I don't mean like the con man salesman. I mean, he was just big on helping people. All that kind of stuff, right? And he went to visit a family member out of state, and on the way back, got involved in a traffic accident and died. And that was after, um, what was it, a month, two months before this happened, he had survived a knife attack. He was out um, in one of the local uh, establishments, we'll call it, right? And... Um, there was this girl that was there, just broke up with her boyfriend, had a PFA against the guy because he was violent and all that kind of stuff. And they were just chatting, right? He was just, Matt was this kind of guy, just chatting. And um, she lived close. And he said, would you feel safer if I walked you home? No strings attached, whatever, right? So she said, uh, yeah, right? So he walked her home. and. Um, I don't know. He ended up, I guess she still wanted to talk. They talked the, the whole way or whatever. And so they ended up in her apartment. He was just sitting in his chair. They were just talking, right? It was just one of these things where, you know, she needed to vent. He just offered an ear, right? Next thing you know, there's this pounding on the door. This guy's screaming, you know, whatever, right? She goes to the door, like opens the door, right? You know, just to tell this guy, look, you know, we're, we're not a thing anymore. Go away. There's these papers, whatever. You're, you know, you're not supposed to be here. He knocks the door open, screams that he knew that she was screwing around on him, right? Pulls a knife and lunges it at Matt. Matt's in a in a kind of a easy chair kind of thing, not a not a recliner, right? Just a kind of a you know couch, love seat 
chair, right? That kind of thing. And, um, you know, he got nicked on the thigh, but disarmed the guy, got his arm up behind his back, got him out the door. Meanwhile, this other girl's calling, you know, the girl's calling the, the, the police and stuff like that, right? Um, goes to the hospital, ends up with a couple of stitches in his thigh, that kind of thing, right? Um, so survive that, and then a month, two later, something like that, right? Gets creamed on the highway by some drunk driver and got killed, right? Um, you know, I, my sister barely got out of her 20s. She was early to mid-30s and ended up with a brain tumor and died, right? So um, life has shown me enough that if we're not working on things, that we're just waiting for the inevitable to happen. Whether that's maybe I, you know, have another 20, 30 years ahead of me, right? I just turned 60, right? I hope, right? But at the same time, maybe not. So, uh, but that's not going to make me not choose. Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm not going to belabor these things, right? So, um, number six, right? Things you must give up to move forward, right? The need to be right. Right. They need to be right. Aim for success, but never give up your right to be wrong. I've told people this over and over again. Right. What stops a lot of people is they're afraid of making a mistake. Trisha Malmstrom told us a long time ago. Right. We are warriors. Warriors make decisions. Yeah. But what if I make a decision? It's the wrong one. Make another decision. Okay, I know sounds like a duh thing, but people are worried about making the wrong one. You won't know until you make it. Right. And then you make another one and another one and another one. Right. Yeah. But if I what if I go do this thing, I can't go back. You're right. You can't go backwards, but you can make another decision about moving back. You're not going back. Right. But you're asking for your job back or whatever. Right. Whatever. Okay. Um, but I've always told people the biggest difference between me and most of the people that I encounter is that I am so okay with being wrong. Like I, I could be so far in left field on parking cars in the parking lot. Right. But I won't know that unless I keep making decisions and pay attention to where I am and the results that I'm getting. Right. So um, I'm aiming for success. I'm looking for results. OK, it's what I look for when politicians get voted in. It's what I look for from mentors. It's what I look for from programs that I buy or whatever. Right. Am I getting results? OK, I just dropped a couple of hundred bucks on a program to help me tighten up my YouTube videos. To get more subscribers, to get more views, all that kind of stuff, right? So I had two that, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, one's maybe a little over a hundred views, whatever, right? And these are all within, these are all just in Saturday. So today's Monday, right? So in the last, and that was Saturday night. So Sunday, two days, right? Two days in a little bit, right? Um, one <coughs> has a couple hundred views, right? So I, I put out four videos, right? One video has 2,000 views, right, in two days. 
One is climbing up on 7,000 views. Am I getting results out of the program? Hell yes, which means I'm going to double down on what I'm doing because if I keep working the same process, then I can only, my return on investment is going to just go higher, right? Now, if I'm working my ass off and nothing's happening, then I have to question one of two things. One, the validity of the program. Two, am I doing the program correctly? And I always default to number two first. Am I doing this correctly? Which is why I never get into a program unless I have coaching where I can ask questions and get feedback and stuff like that. I don't buy do-it-yourself things where I have to figure it out because if I knew enough about it to figure it out, I wouldn't need the damn program. Okay? So unless it comes with coaching, which I'm willing to pay more for, right, um, not doing it. So anyway, um, uh, again, we need to give up our need to be right because when you do, you will also lose your ability to learn new things and move forward with your life, right? So, um, again, what it really comes down to is never give up your, your right to be wrong, right? Don't give up um, this, this being okay with failing, right? Um, uh, one of my mentors calls it strategic failing or failing forward. Right. You just put a bunch of things out there knowing that at least 50 percent aren't going to work. But you won't know till you put these things out. Right. Figure out which aren't working and then double or triple or quadruple down on the on the 50 percent or 20 percent or 10 percent or whatever that are working, because that's how you're going to fly forward. Okay. All right. Uh, Number seven. Right. You must give up. Running from problems that should be fixed. That's a given, right? Okay? Stop running, right? Face these issues, fix the problems, communicate, appreciate, forgive, and love the people in your life who deserve it, okay? That's the, that's the key, who deserve it, okay? If they're trashing you, if they're out, going out of their way to shut you down, right? All that stuff, right? Now, if they're trying to dissuade me because they're, you know, they've got their own baggage about having failed in the past and they're worried about you failing and all those kind of things, you know, I forgive them. I love them. I appreciate it. I just don't talk to them a whole lot about this thing because I don't want them to worry. But I'm not letting their worry derail me. Okay. Uh, number eight. Okay. You must give up making excuses rather than decisions. Okay, and there's a huge difference between the two, right? Most long-term failures are the outcome of people who make excuses instead of decisions. Okay, it's that thing's fault. It's that person's fault. I can't do this. I, you know, whatever, right? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have any help. Well, how do you get those things? Well, you understand, like, I only make this much per hour. How can you make more? you have anything laying around your damn house that you can pop up on? eBay or whatever and sell? Do you have, right? Are you locked in? Okay. This, this runs part and parcel with people that quit their jobs before they have a new one. Right. Well, man, that was just sucking my soul out. So I could just couldn't stay there any longer. And I left. When was that? Well, like, you know, my benefits just ran out. And who does that? I get it. It's sucking your soul out. So how many resumes have you put out today? Right. Have you updated your curriculum today? Right. Whatever, whatever it is that you use. How many did you put out today, this week, this month? Huh? 
I know somebody just recently, they finally got a job. It's not high on the totem pole, but it's money coming in, right? Relationship fell apart and all kinds of stuff because they weren't able to cover their bills, right? And it was just dragging on. Why'd that happen? Because they quit a job, decided to move, and they'd find a job when they got there. And that was seven months ago. So I get it. I get soul-sucking jobs and all that kind of stuff. Haven't had one in decades, right? But I get having trying clients, students, whatever, okay? I'm just in a better position now where if somebody's just pushing it too far, I can tear up a membership contract and say, you go find another teacher, okay? Um, I, I've fired clients and students, okay? Most people don't know that's possible, okay? Absolutely, right? But there are responsibilities, right? Got bills, got a family, got whatever, right? Car payments, insurance, whatever, right? Nobody gets to run away from those just because I don't like my job. You don't get, you can't just bail out on them, right? Which is why we put feelers out or my wife has moved out consistently, right? Over the last 15 years that I've known her, right? Well, known her, (laughs) been married to her, right? And she's, Always, whenever she was looking to get out of a, a position that was just really, really bad, they had no idea that when she took personal time or whatever, that she wasn't just staying home like most people do, right, and wasting her personal time. She was going to interviews. She would schedule them either by phone or by Zoom or in person and double or triple book herself on those days. But that all led out to her looking for jobs during her lunch breaks and all that kind of stuff filling out applications during those times or at night mailing her CV or doing resumes or whatever. Right. And doing the interviews and right. But never, ever, ever leaving the family or me to have to figure everything out because we weren't in a position where we could cover everything with just one income. Right. Just, you know, but that's the responsibility thing. Right. Okay, so uh, let us. Okay, number nine of must give up things, right? Overlooking the positive points in your life. So this is actually tied in to a a psychological uh, uh, influencer, right? I mean, it's hardwired. Okay, Um, Robert Cialdini in his book Influence discusses this uh, quite a bit, right? Um, it is the fact that when we want something, we tune in to the positive and by, to a, to a really huge extent, ignore the negative. Okay. When we want out of something, we do just the opposite. We focus on all the negative and ignore the positive because we want out, right? And ego's focused on that thing, right? When the enlightened way to do things is when I want something, yes, I'm going to look at all the positives, but I also want to know what the downside is. What's the worst that can happen if this fails? And am I okay with, with the consequences? Okay. Same thing. I went out of things, but do I went out of things because the feelings are driving 
or are things really as bad, right? Well, this person never does this. That, is that true, right? We, we, need, we need to be objective about these things, okay, um, to make sure that we're, we're clear, right? We're really, really clear. But left unguarded, the mind will always focus on the positive if it's something we want and the negative if it's something we don't want, okay? So um, what you see often depends entirely on what you're looking for, right? You will have a hard time ever being happy if you aren't thankful for the good things in your life right now. Okay? And again, that circles all the way back to when I was talking about that jealous God realm, right? No matter how much stuff they have, how much, you know, others are envious and wow, you know, whatever. There's just, there's that feeling, right? Haven't quite made it yet. Haven't quite made it. Yet. And it's actually, right? It's the jealous gods, right? Sometimes they're called the battling titans, but it actually falls into jealousy, right? They've got all this stuff, but that guy just got a new car, or he just got a new sword, or he just got a new belt rank, or whatever, right? And so envy gets in there, right? Because we were proud. We had, you know, got all my stuff, and then, oh, but he got one and I didn't, right? And then next thing you know, we're thrown into hell again because I haven't made it. He's got, you know, um, what do they call it? Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? They got a bigger house. I need to buy a bigger house. They get just got a new car. And now suddenly my car is not good enough. Whatever, right? Anyway, uh, and finally, number 10 of the things you must give up to move forward, not appreciating the present moment, right? Gratitude, right? An attitude of gratitude. Too often we try to accomplish something big without realizing that the greatest part of life is made up of the little things. And that goes back to the minimum tasks necessary to create movement, to create positive change, right? Focus on results. Avoid letting opinions bother you. Avoid letting past failures get in the way, right? Um, you know, avoid avoid responsibility and and being decisive, right? Decide, right? Social Momentum used to drill that into us, right? Warriors are people of action, but before action comes decision, right? Make a decision, right? Um, Avoid procrastination. Avoid complacency. Avoid doing nothing. Okay? Well, I'm waiting for a better time. Really? Okay? For what? There's something you can do today. What is it? Oh, I don't know. Well, look at your list. Look at the plan. Okay? If nothing else, do the same thing you did yesterday today. Well, that's already done. Well, then what's next on the list? Right. Try to bring some humility in. Right. Right. There's this there's this saying right in the married men realm. Right. Um, you know, you have to decide whether you want to be right or you want to be happy. Not a big fan of that phrase, because that usually means 
you've abdicated any kind of uh, control or whatever, and you're not in a mutually beneficial relationship. Okay. It's not about that. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Really? Okay. But the need to be right will cause people to lie, bullshit, embellish, and all kinds of things, right? And it's bad enough when we do it to others. But when we do it to ourselves, you can't fix that. You can't fix that, right? Um, We need to stop running from problems, right? Fix the things that need to be fixed. Um, We need to stop overlooking the positive points right in our life and what's going on what what do we already have going on that's that's good now i'm not going to become complacent right but i'm also not going to ignore that like i need this over here because i mean that's why a lot of people go uh seeking multiple black belts right instead of following one path you know for a lifetime which if you're on a good one it should you should be learning new things all the way through right um, but you know, the lessons get smaller, so they can't see that this small lesson actually affects their skill sets and proficiency globally, right? They need that rush that a new student has, that every new lesson is like this big epiphany, right? So they're addicted to the learning and the, the, the epiphanies, right? Not the, not, not the kind of, aha moments that enlightened people have, right? If you ever look at, at the statues, right? Right. Okay. Not, not the raffle, uh, not the raffle ones, but, but all these, right? Okay. See the, look at the smile. Okay. It's very, very slight, right? The, the corners of the mouth are ever so slightly turned up, right? It's not jovial laughter. It's not woohoo. It's not nothing like that, right? It's that feeling that you get that's reflected in your face when you're pondering something and you get it. Okay? It's that kind of thing. Right? So, and then, of course, this leads to and finishes up with appreciating the present moment. Right? It's your only opportunity for for power. It's your only opportunity for action for decision, right? So getting unstuck is a two-way street. One, we need to eliminate the anchors that are holding us back, right? Self, most of them are self-induced, okay? If there are external ones, that's telling you what to do, okay? But I've made major life changes because people I've been with, Situations I've been in, experiences I was having, were not conducive. Okay? No amount of swimming upstream was going to allow for anything to happen. Okay, so I made major changes, but that's me. Okay, but on one side we need to eliminate the things that if we don't eliminate them. We're not going to go very far, very fast, if at all. And then on the other side, right, if we're finding that it just seems so daunting, right, or we keep running into internal resistance, right, um, 
you know, I, I set this goal, but I'm just having fun. I'm having time. I'm having trouble finding time to work on this. It's just, it's just a lot. Okay. Break it down into steps. Break it down into pieces. Okay. Now, which one of these? And you don't have to move, you don't have to go linearly. I mean, if you, if you have to do one or two steps before each other, then know what they are, right? But when I'm writing a book, okay, I have my outline, right? I do, I'll do my table of contents so I know what it is I'm going to write about. And then when I sit down to write, I don't always feel like writing things. Most people think I write my books in linear fashion. Sometimes they get written that way, but a lot of times my books, I sit down to write or my articles and I have this thought about, okay, this section, this chapter or whatever, what I want to talk about it. I'm already there. Like the, the juice is already flowing that way. So guess what I'm writing? That part of that chapter or that chapter or whatever, because that's what's already fresh, right? Some other time I can write these, these other things, right? So what's, what's already going on, right? What are you already passionate about? What, what, where's, where's the feeling, right? Where are things going? Okay. And you just keep reducing the size of the task until you hit that minimum task that produces forward action, that, that produces positive change. Okay. That's what I got. Okay. So let's see. Um, I don't see any interaction. So maybe I put people to sleep or, um, Hopefully there wasn't something that was uh, technical that got in the way. But let's do this. Um, so since I don't see anybody on, uh, I'm going to do a quick check here just to see if anybody posted anything to uh, email. Sometimes it comes in over there. Uh, check in from James. Let's check one more email here. And we'll see what happens. Let's see. No, got some people signing up for programs. That's cool. Let's see. And I don't see anything at the moment. So where else can I look? Facebook. Those of you people hiding out on Facebook, maybe you're just lurking. Not. <laughs> I had new security now on my Facebook because I hit a size and a bunch of activity level. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for uh, engaging and all that kind of stuff. Um, you've allowed everything to grow much, much bigger, but you also caused uh, Facebook to send me a bunch of stuff to push a bunch of buttons and all that kind of stuff because they wanted to ramp up my security um, to make sure that people don't screw with my stuff, which was great on their part. Uh, but I didn't even realize that was possible. So let's see. I don't see anything there. All right. Got some good and bad comments from people on the different videos, but here's my thoughts. I have almost 7,000 views on one of the videos that they're commenting on, and I've got, what, three negatives? I 
and kiss my ass. Anyway, all right, so, and I know my stuff works, so that's all that matters. Let's see. I do not see anything. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. But actually, let me, you know what, before I do that, speaking of YouTube, let me jump over there and go to, whoop, YouTube's having a problem at the moment, it seems like. All right, well, we're just going to do this then. Okay, so I want to thank everybody that joined in. Oh, wait, let's see. Uh, Rob, there he is. Okay, great video today. I watch you on my YouTube app on the TV, so I don't comment because I don't know how. No worries, man. No worries. And I'm, I'm sure other people are doing the same thing. So no worries. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I will talk to everybody again next week. What's the topic for next week while we're here? And, by the way, don't forget, um, uh, spring camp. Spring uh, Ninja Camp Intensive is coming up May 19th, 20th, and 21st. So hopefully I will see you either live at the Academy here in Seals Grove, Pennsylvania, or virtual. We have a virtual option for it as well. Uh, we've got several people signed up for that. Let's see. Uh, Kuden. Kuden, Kuden, Kuden. Next week, we're going to talk about delusional training. All right. We'll talk about things like the techniques, not the fight. Uh, the dojo or the ring is not the street, that kind of thing, right? We're going to talk about um, uh, myths and, and whatnot, right? Things like when people say, you know, uh, that they're doing certain things in training, I call them on it, and they say, well, in a real fight, I would. Uh, we're going to talk about that too, okay? So um, anyway, cool stuff. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'll just keep on moving. Um, in a couple, let's see, i got one more. I'm, I'm probably going to rearrange some. Uh, some topics. So that's the tentative one at the moment, but I do have several for those of you who are looking for help with like techniques and, and stuff like that. So uh, we'll do a little bit of the kuden for the tight end, right? So we'll um, give you some, some ideas and whatnot that don't really fit uh, Whiteboard Wednesday uh, in the way I deliver things. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a couple here during kuden. So uh, if I don't change the topic next week, Right. Uh, it's going to be on the delusional training. Uh, well, that's that's tied in anyway. Right. So, um, yeah. So we'll take care of that. Also. Right. I will have a live and virtual meeting coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, for those interested in the upcoming Japan trip in September, September 4th through the 18th. Uh, we will be in Japan training with the new Soke. And now this is a full training trip, so it's not like we're going to the dojo all the time and all that, we will be going to temples and shrines and uh, Togakure Mountain, where Togakure School came from, um, uh, a castle in Kyoto that has a nightingale floor that was designed uh, by Hanzo Hatori, right? Designed by a ninja, the catch ninja. That kind of cool stuff, right? As a matter of fact, Rob and his wife uh, went a couple of years ago before the whole COVID thing. So uh, if you're interested in even if, if you're not sure that you can go this year, but you're interested in finding out what the trips are like, what's involved, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have maps. I'm going to have all this kind of stuff to kind of point out how things happen, what's included in the trip and all that. And, um, and people can make a decision from there. Okay. So that's going to be in the next uh, couple of weeks, two, three weeks on the outside. Um, I just got to get through the whole house thing and then uh, we'll be all set. All right. Get back over onto my. My screen. Okay, so uh, that's it. That's what I have. I will talk to everybody again. Can we see Godzilla? Rob, God, I can't wait to see you in class again. So, <laughs> and besides that, in Japan, his name is not Godzilla. 
His name is Gojira. Gojira, right? So um, anyway, but somebody asked me today if we could go to uh, one of these places that have a life-size Gundam, uh, the robot kind of things. There's a, a movie studio in or just outside of Kyoto that did a bunch of the old stuff like Kimba the White Lion and Rocket Boy and all that kind of stuff from like the late 60s through the mid mid to late 70s uh, that some of us old guys grew up with and all that, right? And then is it Gundam, Gundam, whatever it is, right? Um, these robot uh, kind of characters and all that. So they ask about that. So who knows? If, I mean, if, we're, if what we're doing is close enough to one of those that we can just, you know, do a little half-day trip kind of thing, then absolutely. Not exactly related to what we're doing, but I get it. Folks need to decompress sometimes and um, do the cool stuff. Kind of like the last time I took Rob and his wife, um, every time we turn around in certain places um, and Rob wouldn't be there, we know that we had to have walked past like a, a hobby shop or something like that because he was in looking at all the all the uh, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z and all that. He was just like a kid in a candy store over and over no, <laughs> but it was cool. We we always knew where we could find him, right? Anyway, all right, guys, that's it. I will talk to you again next week on uh, what the hell is this? This is Kuden, right? Uh, talk to you on two on Kuden. Uh, you know, if you need any help and and you uh, want to chat, if you want to schedule a call, uh, you can go to. Uh, I just posted that out today, right? What is the academy.com wait i know this it's schedule is it is it something as simple as schedule a call we're going to find out my calendar is now up uh, schedule hyphen coaching hyphen call so schedule dash coaching dash call uh, at online academy.com uh, you can just uh, schedule one we'll chat we'll give you some ideas for moving forward uh, if you want any information on programs, that's fine, but that's not the that's not the the reason for the thing. I'm just here to uh, help uh, some folks out. I do have some uh, time in my schedule in the next couple of days, so if you want to jump on one, great. If not, no harm, no foul. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. So that's it. I will talk to everybody again next time. Be safe. Train hard. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.